0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome to Animal Rights on PetLife Radio. We're so pleased you're here today. This is your host, Tim Link, and uh, we've got another exciting program today, so we're really glad you're here. Today's guest is going to be America's veterinarian, Dr. Marty Becker, and he'll be here to discuss his latest book, Your Dog, The Owner's Manual. Believe me, this covers everything you could possibly want to know about your dog. So we're going to talk to Dr. Becker about that. So we're excited about that. But first, I always like to leave you with a tidbit, a little helpful hint, some advice, some things I've read online, some things that I do for uh, my animals. And, of course, it's officially summer here, and if you live in the southern parts of the states especially, it's already in the high 90s uh, on a daily basis. So the simple tips that we want to put together today are simple tips for keeping your pets cool. And we're mostly talking about dogs and cats here, but of course, in the summertime, the hot temperatures, especially if you have your animals outside on a frequent basis, you know, those hot temperatures can really sneak up on us as well as our animals. So I want to share a few just little helpful tips to keep your furry friends cool and uh, keep them happy during the hot weather so here's a few of them off the top of my list ice cubes keeping ice cubes in the water dishes that can be a lot of fun for the animals uh, they uh, i know if it's anything like my schnauzer buzz he loves his ice cubes and putting a few in the water dishes will help keep that water nice and cold as well as provide them some uh, cheap entertainment Second tip is to fill a bathtub or a sink just with a few inches of cool water and then stand your dog or cat in the water just for a few moments to lower their temperature. You can do that several times throughout the day. Just give them a little cool down that will help get their temperature hopefully leveled off to where it needs to be. Of course, you can wet a small towel uh, with some cold water and wipe down the fur, paying special attention to the the face and the nose area and under those armpits uh, where the temperature seems to collect on the animals. There's also some wonderful products out there called uh, Cool Pads. And I know you use this for my boy, Buzz, who uh, has Cushing's, and so he gets hot quite often. So we keep a Cool Pad or two handy. These are nice uh, pads. You can put it in the refrigerator. It cools them down. It lasts for hours, and then you can lay it out on their beds or lay it out in their favorite places they like to rest. So check those out as well. The Cool Pads are a nice product. And then you can also freeze natural peanut butter or some uh, bananas, some healthy uh, bananas inside of a rubber toy, Uh, whether it's rubber Kong toys or or something of this sort. You can place the uh, natural peanut butter or the bananas in there, put it in the freezer overnight, bring it out the next morning, provides a nice uh, healthy treat for them as well as keeps them cooled down and keeps them entertained for quite a while. So those are just a few helpful hints. We'll have those and some other advice on our blog, and you can, of course, check that out on uh, Pet Life Radio, go to PetLifeRadio.com check out the animal rights tab and while you're there go to the blog and read about this and other things but the key thing, is, uh, the important thing to remember is to keep your pets cool during the summer months they suffer from the heat just like we do and so it's up to us to monitor them and see how they're doing provide them frequent cooling breaks and provide them with the things they need to cool down follow these steps everyone will have a wonderful summer So that's some advice for you here. I'll leave you with that little helpful tips. So we're gonna go to a break here, but we're gonna come right back and we're gonna be speaking with Dr. Marty Becker about his new book, Your Dog, The Owner's Manual. Uh, We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio.
0: Sit, stay, we'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact.
1: Buster. you're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne.
0: Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores.
1: Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition, I guarantee it. Petco, where the healthy pets go.
0: Enter the code LUCKY10, L-U-C-K-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. This is the place for a special paparazzi treat, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Animal Rights on PetLife Radio. Join us now is Contributing Veterinarian to Good Morning America, the Dr. Oz Show and many other places. He seems to be everywhere because he has all the great advice, and he has his latest book out called Your Dog, the Owner's Manual. Dr. Marty Becker, thanks for joining Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure, my friend.
1: Uh, We're so glad to have you on here. Uh, The book is wonderful. It covers just about everything you could think of uh, about dogs, but uh, share with us a little bit about what the uh, readers can expect from the book and what uh, made you decide to write the complete manual, the Owner's Manual for your
2: dog. You know, if you, this is my 19th book, believe it or not. Wow. Just just finished our 20th book, Your Cat, the Owner's Manual, that comes out a a year from now. And a lot of people don't realize how much effort it takes to do a book. Uh, There was four of us worked for a solid year, and the four of us have a combined 100 years of experience in working with dogs. And you might ask, well, if you've already written a lot of books about dogs, and, and I can look over my left shoulder here at Almost Heaven Ranch in Northern Idaho, and I love pet books, and I have two giant bookcases with no less than a thousand books on dogs and cats and horses. But we looked at something that, that filled an unmet or undermet need. So we started out with what are the secret surprises and solutions to saving time, saving money, preventing problems, or having a richer, deeper relationship with your pet? So that was the premise starting out and. And why we always covet, uh, or why we always appreciate things, the bedrock things that have stood the test of time, things that have never changed. Uh, We also coveted new, new solutions. For example, lots of pets don't like to get their nails trimmed. What if we had a solution for nail trimming that could make it, if not tolerable, actually pleasurable? Or what if you're, you know, the new recommendations now we've been told over the years, don't give your dog a bath very often because it dries their skin out. And it's been repeated so many times, it seems to be biblical truth. And the fact is, veterinary dermatologists now recommend baiting dogs once a week. Wow. And the reason for that is the number one reason people take pets to the veterinarian are skin problems. And some are related to external parasites. Others are related to certain hormonal conditions that certain breeds are more predisposed to. But mostly, you have to look at a dog and think of it as a Swiffer with four legs. And if you ever use a Swiffer or any electrostatically charged product on tile or wood flooring and you get all that gunk on it that, you know, you can't see the pollen, but there's spores, there's dust, there's dust mites, there's human hair and dandruff, there's pet hair, and you, you throw it in the trash and, ugh, yuck! Anyone not put your hands on it. Well, just think of your dog, day after day after day, laying on that, that uh, flooring, and it gets that stuff on its coat, and it's absorbed through the skin. And whereas humans sneeze, sniffle, red, runny eyes, red, runny nose get choked up, dogs uh, with their allergies, they face rub, they lick, they chew, they scratch. And in fact, 80% of all ear problems are related to environmental allergies. So rather than just treating it with some great drugs we have in veterinary medicine, it's better to just flush the allergy triggers off of the pet so they're not absorbed. So we, we tell you, if you're going to give your dog a bath, we can tell you that with two fingers and holding as, li- as lightly as you would grab an egg from the side, you can stop a dog instantly from shaking dry. So you're giving it a bath and you're going from the, you know, the shampoo to the rinse to right. the drying towel and the dog starts to shake dry. Just <laughs> one finger on top of its nose and one finger underneath its chin and with a really light pressure and it absolutely can't shake dry. So there's, there's hundreds of those things. Thunderstorm phobias, you know, solutions that are in your laundry room. There's hundreds of secret surprises and solutions in your dog, the owner's manual.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think it's you know one of the great things about the book because these are little helpful tips and advice you know advice that everybody goes through you know everybody bays their their dogs they want the best for their dogs, and these are just simple solutions that once you read them you're thinking, well I wonder if that really works or wow I never thought about doing it that way and anybody can implement these.
2: Yeah, we had veterinarians that had been in the business. Some of the things, you know, a thirty year veteran veterinarian that we would show them the secret surprising solutions. Here's a good example. It's really hard to get medication out of the bottle and into the pet. There's pets that even a veteran veterinarian or somebody that's worked in a veterinary hospital for 20 years, they're thinking, oh, boy, here we go. And we showed some tricks for getting medication in a pet, and here's a couple examples. A lot of people know of a product called Greenies Pill Pockets. Sure. And it looks like a little edible Shot glass or a little edible cup, and you put the pill in it. And and kind of, we call it putting the treat into treatment. But you never want to go up to a pet and go, Oh gosh, Sparky, I hate this as much as you do, but here we go. You know, will be over with in a minute. You never come into it with guilt or sadness. Instead, you get happy. Here we go, Sparky. Here's your medicine. And then if you use a little pill pocket, you know, it has this great taste. But here's the key a lot of these dogs, you have to remember, dogs have been trained to detect mold, bed bugs. Uh, accelerants and arson cases, all sorts of different. Maybe even a lot of dogs can sniff out cancers and and peanut allergies and all these different things. And so they can smell the pill on the outside of that pill pocket. So what you do if you're right-handed, you put the pill pocket into the, or put the, the, the medication into the pill pocket with your right hand, and then you close it with your left hand, and that way the taste of the pill isn't on the outside of the pill pocket. And another key is you get that medication in there and you think, okay, they've swallowed it, and you turn around and then they spit it back out. <laughs> so if you get the medication, if you're doing it the old fashioned way, and you're getting it over the base of their tongue using the pill pocket, you just give a little puff of air into their nostrils, and a dog will swallow every time wow. lick their nose, and you, you they lick one side of their nose, and you think, "Oh, there it goes, it's gone and just uh, and the veterinarians that I've showed this to, they're like, Wow, I didn't know that." <laughs> Because you know, they're massaging the dog's throat or doing something to get it to swallow the medication.
1: Absolutely, and those and the dogs know how to hold on to that medication for a lengthy period of time. And about the time we think they've swallowed it, they, it here it comes back out again. Those are great everyday type of you know advice. Because if you're a dog owner, there is probably if not all those things happening at a given time. A lot of them are happening. You know, if you own especially if you own multiple dogs, there's always usually one that has some sort of medication they have to be taking. Some that that has some allergy issues, et cetera. So great advice, and that's what the book's all chock full of.
2: It's so uh, gratifying if you have people that you can save them, save time, save money, have a a richer, deeper relationship with their pet. You know, like anxieties from thunderstorms. There's so many pets that have noise phobias, and Mm -hmm. 4th of July is just around the corner, and these pets don't have to suffer. These pets, you know, to see a pet at 4th of July that has a noise phobia, they think they're going to die. And they'll run right through a plate glass window. I saw a dog a couple of years ago down visiting my mom in southern Idaho, and there was a fireworks went off, jumped out of a, a you know, half opened window in a vehicle, ran across an intersection, and was hit. And what you do, if you have noise phobies like that, there are some things you can get. You can get pheromones that are what's called dog appeasing pheromone, and it's what a mother secretes in her nipples at three days of age, it calms puppies, but it works on dogs throughout their adult life. So it's a synthetic version of a natural pheromone that calms them. There's products on the market like thunder shirts that are used for you know thunderstorm phobias or that kind of like an anxiety wrap. Right, that you right. You see for you see used for autistic children things, but the ultimate weapon. This is the Howitzer that works is Xanax, and you can ask your veterinarian for a prescription of generic Xanax. It's very inexpensive and it works every time. And the only the only side effect is an increased appetite. And and that's actually a good thing. If you have a pet that's anxious about going to the groomer or about boarding, doesn't want to eat, gets diarrhea or goes to the vet because it, it thinks, oh, gosh, last time I went there, I got poked in the rear end. I got my nails trimmed. I got injected. Oh, God, I hate this place. And so they're out there, and they're hypersalivated, and they're yawning, their heart's beating out of their chest, obvious signs of distress. You just give them a little Xanax before they come in and tell them not to feed them that morning. And now, not only are they not anxious when they come in, but they're hungry. And so when the veterinarian or the team member gives treats, they respond a lot better to food rewards. And pretty soon, hey, this is a happy place. I love this place rather than being freaked out about it. But don't let your pet suffer this 4th of July or when hunting season comes up in the fall or if you get a pet that freaks out with road noise or anything ask your veterinarian for a prescription of generic Xanax, and it's just like kumbaya.
1: Should you give them the Xanax before a thunderstorm is predicted or once you start to hear the rumblings?
2: Yeah, no, you want to give it. well, first of all, here's the first thing I want you to try. If you see thunderstorms in the forecast, you can take an unscented fabric softener sheet and just rub it lightly on the trunk of your dog's body, and one out of three dogs won't have a thunderstorm phobia. And the reason that is is it prevents a buildup of static electricity in their coat and that's what actually causes the flow, Is before the clap of thunder or the pounding of rain on the roof or the flashes of light. It's that buildup of static electricity. And that's why a lot of dogs want to get into a bathroom, go into a basement, get in a, a tub, a tile, because they want to ground themselves. <laughs> uh, but, but the two out of three, it doesn't work if it's in the forecast. You give it about an hour before the thunderstorms are supposed to hit. And up here, we never know something. Sometimes out of clear you hear this clap of thunder. Or uh, we have hunting season up here in northern Idaho and there'll be, a, there'll be a gunshot or our electricity will go off and there'll be a certain tone that the generator makes. When the generator's going to kick on, all those cause one of our little dogs to freak out. So then you just give it to it and it takes 20 to 30 minutes for it to take effect and then it's back to just kumbaya again.
1: Wow. Little tricks of the trade that uh, have proven to uh, to work over the years.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, I've been a practicing veterinarian for 31 years, and I'm a I'm a lifetime pet lover. I've I've known I wanted to be a vet. I'm 57 years old, and I wanted to be a veterinarian from the time I was about seven. And it's just so gratifying to be able to, you know, to offer these secret surprises and solutions, and you know, and, and another thing we talk a lot about, and there's so many people now. There's this battle of the vet versus the net, and increasingly, clients are going to the internet for a diagnosis, often wrong, and a treatment plan, often wrong, and. I, I can just give an example of vomiting. 80% of the time with vomiting, if you follow the instructions, you'll find it'll talk about dietary indiscretion or something or intestinal upset and take them off food and water for 24 hours and and then start them back on a bland diet like boiled hamburger and rice and give some pepto-bismol. Well, those things work 80% of the time, but the, the problem is the 20% of the time when something was wrong. And I'll give you an example in the last year that I've seen one owner had a herding dog, and a, there's a herding dog are the Australian Shepherds, you know, the Collies, the Sheep mm-hmm. dogs, and they have a, something called a multi-drug sensitivity. That they, they, they're very sensitive to acepromazine, which is a common tranquilizer, to ivermectin, which is in a lot of the parasite control products, and there's something called low-modal that's used in humans for intestinal upset, right. but they can't metabolize the drug. And so this, this particular owner gave their dog uh, low-modal, and it killed it. Another one, brought it in five days after it was vomiting, it was very weak, come to find out it swallowed carpeting, it had an intestinal obstruction, a perforated bowel, there was intestinal contents that leaked into the abdomen, it was septic, which means it's full of pus, and it was in septic shock, and despite heroic efforts by two of us, it didn't make it. And another dog, a greyhound, you know, the old 40 mile an hour couch potato, was either laying around or zooming around, it goes <laughs> out for a morning run around this property, just run like crazy. This particular morning, its stomach flipped. Mm-hmm. compromised the blood supply to its stomach, and they brought in three days later, and it was too late. It was too late. So it could go on, but you never know. It can be pancreatitis. They can get into a poison like slug bait or a rodenticide. And uh, you're not a week too late. You're not an, a day too late. You're an hour too late at coming in. And, and that's, uh, you know, there's things that you can do if you have a good relationship with your veterinarian. And we teach you in the book how to become your veterinarian's favorite client. Uh, you can call up and and say this is what it is, and they say, "Well, don't worry about it," or you should bring it in, and that, that's the kind of relationship you want.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Don't wait. Contact your veterinarian. Let them uh, take care of the situation, and then you can always use the net later if you want to get a little bit more knowledgeable on the particular treatment or the particular ailment the animal may be
2: having. Well, we all use we all use the internet. I I go to WebMD, I go to Cleveland Clinic dot com, I go to Mayo Clinic. I love those places, but I still go to the doctor. But there's uh, there's a, something new coming up called VetStreet.com, which I'm excited about because it's going to be like WebMD where they're all peer-reviewed articles, and there'll be a place where you can go at 1130 at night to learn more about what your pet might have, or, or to understand more of what the diagnosis is, but it's rather really it's going to be the vet plus than that.
1: There you go. So we'll look forward to that. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick little break here, but we're going to come right back. And I want to talk to you more about the book, Your Dog, the Owner's Manual, and talk to you about that infamous bus tour, too. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on that. So stay tuned, real quick. Uh, we're going to uh, continue our conversation with Dr. Marty Becker after these messages from our sponsors. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio.
0: Sit, stay, we'll be right back after a short pause, well four to be exact. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash Lucky, L-U-C-K-Y, to get 10% off any order. And free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. I don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to Angie's List
1: first. You'll find reviews on home repair to healthcare, written by people just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call, and I know the results will be fantastic. Angie's List,
0: which you can trust. Go to angieslist.com forward slash rights and get 25% off any subscription. That's angieslist.com forward slash rights, W-R-I-T-E-S Join us here on Pet Life Radio on a Super Smiley
1: Adventure. Good boy.
0: Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio.
1: Radio. Radio. (laughs) PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. And of course, we have America's veterinarian here with us today, Dr. Marty Becker, talking about his new book, Your Dog, The Owner's Manual. Now, Marty, I know that when the book came out, you went on a wonderful, magical, mystical bus <laughs> tour hitting many, many states. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came about and uh, how did the tour go?
2: Oh my gosh, I've never, I'm a hard worker, I'm an old Idaho farm boy, so I was I was used to the harvest, you know, it used to start August 15th and about the middle of August in southern Idaho with your third cutting of hay and your your grains, and then towards the end of the month with dried beans, and you had to wait till about the 1st of October for the starches to get, you know, get cold enough weather for the starches to set into potatoes and sugar beets. So this was like harvest time, and we visited uh, 30 cities in 45 days. And I was flying back and forth doing quite a few talks and media appearances. And over the course of eight weeks, I flew 17,000 miles. The bus traveled 12,000 miles, so 29,000 miles in eight weeks. Oh, my goodness. It was incredible. Uh, it had Great media coverage of the book. We then had a, a meeting with veterinarians in, in in 29 markets. And then we went to Petco's and, and met pet owners and their pets. And it was just so great to have these people come out that want you to meet their pets, and I've said for years there's only one greatest pet in the world, and every family has that pet. <laughs> it was neat for them Oh, You know, they're just like, oh, gosh, Dr. Becker, if you could just come over to our house and just just meet this pet, or, or just look right now, look right in front of you. Now you know I was so crazy about this dog. <laughs> oh, it's just heartwarming.
1: We had the craziest uh, pet around. You need to come see it. I bet you've never seen it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was nice, and then a lot of times people had a second, you know, wanted a second opinion on something. They had some kind of, you know, condition or something chronic or something that really worried that it was acute and just wanted a second opinion. And, and so that was that was nice. And I get a chance to talk to a lot of people about some of the things I'm really passionate about. One is daily oral care. There, there's two things that are really the furry fountain of youth. And we talk about this in Your Dog, the Owner's Manual. There's two things you can do that both can increase your dog's lifespan by about 15%. So together, you get 30% more life, which is an average of about four years. Mm-hmm. One is to have daily oral care, and and daily oral care is kind of a, a good, better, best. Like, good is just an additive uh, that your veterinarian can recommend you put in the water, and all dogs have to drink, and that can really reduce uh, plaque, formation of plaque uh, and periodontal disease. The better is to take advantage of a dog's natural tendency to chew, so you use things that are clinically proven to reduce plaque and tartar, such as uh, greenies, uh, dentist sticks, uh, there's things available from your veterinarian, uh, certain brands like Dentees and Den Stars. You can also use dental wipes, look like little Stridex pads. They actually just wipe the outside surface of the teeth, what we call the, the, the buccal surface, the cheek side versus the tongue side of the teeth. There's also sealants you can get from your veterinarian like Orovet. That's kind of a wax and you just put it on your finger and then just wipe it around the, the outside of your dog's upper, upper jaw, the teeth on the upper arcade. And it migrates around and covers the surface of the teeth and prevents bacteria, and pardon me and plaque from adhering. It acts as a sealant. Or you can get dental diets that act like edible toothbrushes that you scrub the plaque off the teeth. So that's good. And then better or best, is brushing your pet's teeth. There's only about five percent of the people that do that. It is the best. And I can honestly say it almost heaven ranch. My wife brushes our dog's teeth every day. Wow! When we're, when we're gone, somebody else brushes them. So four dogs every single day. But they, they've also never had to have their teeth uh, professionally cleaned yet. So we got one that's probably later this year at uh, ten years of age but the first time it'll ever have its teeth cleaned.
1: Wow, that's amazing! And it's really not too late to start.
2: You know, it's, it's, it's going to help no matter. Start and, and then if you know if you get your, have to get your pets' teeth professionally cleaned, uh, what you want to do is, is delay as long as possible having to get them professionally cleaned the next time. So you you save money plus your pet's mouth is healthier. And it's one of these things you just don't, you know, we've all had a little coal sore about the size of a pencil eraser in our mouth, and it's just like, oh, it's killing me, and you tell everybody, oh, my gosh, I got this sore, oh, wow. Well, then you look at their dog, and it looks like somebody took a, a you know, a flamethrower and went across their gums, they're red, they're raw, they're bleeding, and think how their mouth feels. And so you get these pets back with a, with a nice, healthy mouth, and you no longer, uh, you know, no, they're a lot more comfortable, but what you don't know is... There's no longer bacteria being pumped into the bloodstream that weakens the immune system, wears down the internal organs, and targets the heart. And that's where you get the 15% increase in lifespan. And the second one is to keep pets near their ideal body weight. That's the other bookend of the furry fountain of youth is to feed them less and get them to move more. And again, if you were up here at Almost Heaven Ranch, our dogs are thin, our cats are thin, our horses are thin. All are, they're all thin. Even my wife is thin. My son's thin. I'm, I'm the only one that's got a little bit of a gut at 57 and I'm not even too bad. But, uh, you, you know, you don't want to, you know, them call the ASPCA kind of thin with your pets, but you should be able to feel their ribs uh, under a light layer of fat. When you look at your dog from the side, you should see a tucked abdomen like a wasp. When you look at them from an overhead view, you should see an indentation at their waist so it looks you know, a little like an hourglass and not like a solid cylinder. And one out of two of America's pets are overweight or obese, and, and uh, you know, while pudgy pooches are funny in cartoons, in real life, they're like little tubby time bombs taking away their health with increased risk of diabetes, heart problems, skin problems, joint problems, uh, increased risk of cancer. And you don't have to get all the weight back out. If you could even you know, work with your veterinarian and get, get 20% of the excess weight off, it makes a dramatic difference in their health, both what you can see externally with not limping as much and having more energy. But inside, uh, what we know happens with veterinarians is amazing.
1: So keep a, a proper diet. Keep them uh, nice, lean, mean, and healthy, and uh, brush their teeth daily, and uh, they're going to get a 30% more life out
2: of... Uh... 30%. You know, one of the things we talk about in your dog, the owner's manual, too, is to, is to not use uh, food bowls. And in a, I'm a huge proponent of food puzzles, and food puzzles are... Well, let me start. Let me explain this a little, a little deeper. Where I live in northern Idaho, we have wolves and coyotes, and all of the canids are derived from the wolf. And I've actually seen them within 100 yards of my house, both wolves and coyotes here, so I, we've got a little laboratory here I can watch. Well, they wake up hungry every day, and 80% of their waking hours is spent in pursuit of food. So it takes six steps. It takes a graduate degree to eat. They have to detect their prey by sight or smell, pursue it, apprehend it, kill it, compete with the rest of the pack, and finally, step six is consumption. And when you just take your the food and stick it in the bowl, that goes right to step six, which is consumption. And that takes a kindergarten degree. So by using food puzzles, like whether you're you know taking a Kong and sticking canned food in it and putting a pencil rawhide in it and freezing it like a Kong sickle, or you're using a, a, one of these new Kong geniuses or Kong wobblers, you fill full of kibble or the premier makes a whole bunch of them, Tug-A-Jug, Busy Buddy, Squirrel Dude. There's lots of them, but they're like slot machines, and they have to be dropped, turned, manipulated, spun a certain way for the food to come out. So it's like playing a slot machine where sometimes it pays out a little, then it pays out nothing for a while. You're about to think, oh, guys, all of a sudden it pays out a whole bunch. So it's recreating the hunt in a non-lethal way in the home.
1: Very good. That's an interesting way because I I don't know I mean I know that even in our household we do the the kong, kong treats and we make our boy work for it but I had never considered you know doing something like that let them work for their food you know it's it is I think I would have to hazard a guess ninety nine percent of all households it's a matter of waking up laying the dog outside come in put the food on the dish or in the bowl and uh and watching him, him or her eat it
2: this way it can take uh it depends on it you know if your pet's Ernest or Einstein. Uh, but it can, it can take 15 minutes to an hour and a half to eat. And, and you have to remember if they were spending 80% of their waking hours in pursuit of food in the wild, this is a pleasurable activity. And for a dog, it's, it's, you know, food is currency. That's how they're paid. They love to work. Their bodies are made for movement. They're made to work. And, you know, back when I was a, a young kid in Southern Idaho, these pets were, had a utilitarian role and they were working. They were retrieving ducks and herding cattle and hauling our stuff and going out with, so we were out, you know, changing the irrigation water on the farm, so constant movement. And I always think of uh, Lassie was on, you know, and Timmy'd get in the well and get help, Lassie, get help. Well, now Lassie's collapsed around in front of the TV watching Animal Planet reruns. And while uh, retirement sounds pretty good, about two weeks into it, there's boredom. And with boredom comes behavioral problems and obesity. And that's the number one reason pets are relinquished to shelter is behavioral problems.
1: That's right. I mean, you've got to keep them physically active, but you've got to keep them mentally active and challenged as well.
2: Yeah. Very good stuff.
1: All kinds of great advice. And of course, everybody can learn more and get all these wonderful surprises and solutions and secrets for raising a happy, healthy dog by picking up a copy of Dr. Marty Becker's book, your dog, the owner's manual. Of course, you can find out more about uh, what uh, Marty's up to by going to drmartybecker.com. That's D-R-M-A-R-T-Y-B-E-C-K-E-R.com. And uh, of course, you can catch him on all the, the good morning America shows and Dr. Oz show and, everywhere. And uh, who knows? You mean, next year, we definitely got the new book, Your Cat, the uh, owner's manual. And I'm sure there'll be another bus tour with a question mark there, Marty.
2: Well, I think I've signed up for it. I had so much fun out there uh, meeting people. We're, it's a good chance to talk about things that are important to you. So I hope so.
1: Absolutely. So we'll look forward to, to seeing that and getting you back on the show when that time comes as well. So, uh, Dr. Becker, Marty, Dr. Marty Becker, thanks for joining us today. Everybody, take a look at the book and pick up a copy of your dog, The Owner's Manual. I want to thank you once again for uh, appearing on uh, Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio
2: it's been my pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thanks so much.
1: Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Uh, Once again, I want to thank Dr. Marty Beck for appearing. And everybody get a copy of Your Dog, the Owner's Manual, and find out all those wonderful secrets, surprises, and solutions for raising a happy, healthy dog. Uh, I want to thank our producers and sponsors for uh, putting on the show today. Another great job. We appreciate your involvement. Find out more about me, Tim Link, and other guests that I will be interviewing on the Animal Rights Show, as well as downloading the other interviews that we have. You can visit Pet Life Radio. Go to petliferadio.com. Click on the animal rights icon, and you can download all the shows and you can look at the blogs as well. And while you're there, be sure to check out all the other hosts and all the other shows on Pet Life Radio. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, or people you'd like to see on the show, you can email me. You can email me at Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. That's Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. And I'll do my very best to answer your questions, uh, entertain your comments, try to get the uh, best people that you want to see on the show. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Share it in a blog, article, or in a book. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for joining.
0: Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand.